Great to have you here again today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling very good after um, yesterday's webinar, which was uh, it was a lovely end to the series of uh, Teach with Dave masterclasses. Amazing to see so many people there. It was a real pleasure uh, just showing uh, how dedicated uh, English language teachers are always to uh, continuing their development. So I I'm really happy. It's absolutely amazing how many people we had yesterday, right? And how active everybody was in that chat box. I'd just like to quickly recap your first webinar. Um, you explored how we can work on motivating teens. Then the second one, I think we focus on teaching exams to teenagers in particular and how to keep that engaging, right? Yesterday, you talked about those learning for life skills, or in other words, essential skills that teenagers, but maybe not only teenagers, also adults, as we sort of agreed on, and need to develop in order to succeed in the classroom, but also beyond that classroom. That's right. I mean, I think those areas, when we're talking about, you know, teaching teenagers, that I always say this expression, but um, a life of tests and the tests of life, because uh, I think that's exactly how to sum up what we're doing when we're preparing uh, teenagers, um, you know, teaching them English. We're, we're getting them ready for exams, which is really important. But, you know, the session that we did yesterday was really thinking about, okay, exams are one thing, but we want our students to be um, learning English, to use it in the outside world. And also, you know, teenagers, it's a great age to teach because we're preparing them for that, for life um, once they leave school, whether it's going to university or whether it's entering the world of work. It's actually getting them ready to start their future life. And maybe we should see their English classroom as teaching like means to an end when we use the language. That's right. And, and um, you know, I personally, I, I think it's why I enjoy teaching teenagers so much. Um, we, we talked about, um, you know, some of the uh, problems, but also the great things about teaching teenagers. And it's really that we are, um, you know, we're the bridge where um, we're getting them ready to uh, go out into the world. And, and one thing we didn't talk about yesterday, actually, is that, of course, English is a life skill for nearly all of our teenage students around the world. You know, today, whether we're teaching in Slovakia, if we're teaching in Dubai, if we're teaching in Russia, Ukraine, Georgia, we're really preparing our students to be able to use English in, uh, you know, any situation outside the classroom. True, because it's the common language for all of us to communicate nowadays. So I just want to take you back quickly to what you talked about yesterday. So you talked about more or less four strands of those learning for life skills. We spoke about transferable skills, thinking skills, social and emotional skills, and then global citizenship and sustainability skills. Do you personally feel that any of these strands is maybe more important than the others? Or do you think they're all equally important for teenagers? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I think they're all very, um, they're, they're a little bit different. Uh, and the way that we maybe teach them is also a little bit different. 
Um, you know, maybe with life skills, it's more a question of teaching content, uh, maybe also with global citizenship. Uh, whereas when we're talking about thinking skills, social, emotional learning, we're talking more about the way uh, procedural, if you like, the way that we behave in class. Um, but I think they're all absolutely equally important. Um, they're all relevant, basically, for our students. They're things that our students need to know. One question that came up a few times yesterday was, you know, is this, um, is this also for adults, for example? And I think, you know, the things that we're talking about, I mean, they're equally relevant for almost any age. The way that we go about teaching them, um, the, the degree that we can expect students to interact in English is obviously different. But I would say that they're all completely relevant at almost any age, obviously, um, you know, from certainly from secondary to adults. If we're talking about uh, thinking routines, if we're talking about um, confidence, if we're talking about, you know, sustainability, those things are relevant, not just for younger teenagers, they're also relevant for older teenagers, and obviously also for adults, young adults, and uh, any age, really. I think that was one of the nice things that I've really enjoyed about focusing on social and emotional skills. So you actually start to think about, okay, I'm trying to teach this, but how do I handle this myself? So it's also a way for us to reflect on our own behavior in that classroom. Yeah. And, and I think actually myself now that I'm, I'm becoming more and more conscious of um, being a good role model, you know, and I, I, I've said this in a lot of talks, but if we're going to, um, ask our students to be patient, if we're going to ask them to be calm, if we're going to ask them for self-control, then uh, obviously the first person who has to do that is the adult in the room, which is uh, us, the teacher. Uh, and again, sometimes these things are easier said than done. But yeah, if we're going to teach respect, then the uh, first step, I suppose, is for the teacher to respect his or her students. One of the things we talked about yesterday was those life skills. And I think you said sometimes they're known um, as global skills. However, many teachers maybe are more familiar with that word 21st century skills. Now, personally, I've got a major issue with the word 21st century skills because I don't think that's the right word for these skills. Because honestly, are these skills actually really new skills? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great point. First of all, I think that sometimes, um, you know, as, as, a, as an author and as uh, somebody who reads a lot um, about education, I get a bit um, angry myself about so many different terms used to describe the same things. You know, we've got global civil skills, soft skills, transferable skills, 21st century skills. And they sound like they're different. And generally, I think we would um, agree that they're more or less the same thing. And um, it's interesting you mentioned 21st century skills, because I, uh, I wrote an article once for One Stop English, um, which I'll try and uh, send a link for. But it, it, I made the point that um, I found a text in 1809. This was somebody called Sidney Smith. And uh, he complained that schools were preparing students to translate Latin poetry, but that they weren't actually ready for life after school. He actually literally says, I'm quoting here, um, the test established in the world is widely different from that established in a place which is presumed to be a preparation for the world. So in other words, that what you need to do outside school 
is completely different from what you are taught to do in school. And that's amazing, isn't it? That's like 1809. And here we are 200 years later. And it sounds like it's something new, but of course it's not. So I suppose it's always been a concern yeah, to teach things that are useful, uh, really useful for students. I think that quote is amazing because it feels like we're still in that situation today, right? For in, in some instances, particularly in very much traditional approaches in education. And yeah, like you say, we mean we communicated in the 1800s, we worked together with other people. So maybe indeed that's not the right label to put on these skills. Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, yeah, 21st century. Uh, many of the skills that um, you know that we're teaching that they've always been useful teamwork um, you know uh, leadership skills communication skills it is true that certainly when I was a boy we never actually learnt those things specifically and maybe we learnt them I would say almost accidentally um, mm -hmm. but we were never actually taught the skills to do that and I think that is the difference with today and you know in certainly the books that I've written gateway gateway to the world great thinkers you know, we do things like um, helping students to give presentations in, in public, public speaking. Um, I think when I was a boy, we were expected just to know how to do it. The difference is, I think now in uh, 2021, we're actually teaching students how to do these things so that they can manage them better and feel better about doing them. Oh, I remember that, that I had to stand up in front of my class and talk about my favourite pet. And I had no idea how to control my nerves or actually look around the classroom. So, yeah, valid point, I think. It's much more, there's a much bigger focus on explicitly enabling learners to do this better, I think, than they used to be when we were younger. That's right. Teaching strategies and, not, and also, you know, making people feel better, you know, that they might not do it perfectly the first time. But, you know, they will get better with practice. And maybe, you know, the main difference with the way that we're teaching these things now rather than in the past is we're teaching them directly. We're giving them the sub skills that they need to be able to do it well. So we're making the implicit more explicit, maybe, in the classroom. I think that, yeah, I think that is the real difference. I mean, you know, you we've mentioned then life skills are nothing new but I think what is new is that we're giving an extra emphasis to do these things as you say explicitly so we're giving them really directly the skills to do that I think in the past you were just expected somehow to miraculously pick it up but now you know we're really um, helping students to be able to do this not by trial and error but by simply uh, giving them the tools to do that better. Now, interestingly, this brings us to a really interesting question. And for some people, this is maybe not what they want to do. They didn't sign up to be a teacher of social emotional skills. They signed up to teach English. So two questions here. First of all, is it actually really our role as an English language teacher to teach these skills? Can we expect teachers to know how to go about this? Yeah, well, the, the first question, I mean, I think that really, um, as teachers, we're rather than being teachers of English or of maths or of physics, we're teachers of um, young people, we're educators. And part of education is preparing students for what's going to come after school. So yeah, I think, you know, it's not our main role, maybe as English teachers, our main role is to make sure the students have the um, 
the grammar, the vocabulary. They know about um, subskills for strategies for reading, listening. Um, but I think that you know preparing students for what comes after school is the part of any teacher's job. And particularly if you're teaching, uh, you know, in a school school as opposed to a language school. But I would say even maybe as a language school teacher, you're also um, just helping to give your students the tools that they need to um, be successful after school. Um, and also, I don't think, um, you know, the sort of the second part of the question, I don't think any of these things are um a problem for most teachers to teach because they're things that I would say that most of us know are genuinely useful for our students. The same as we teach um, sub-skills about how to read more effectively, to you know, just read, uh, to read for specific information. Um, teaching, for example, thinking skills, uh, that's a really useful thing to do. So I think that it makes, personally, it makes me feel better as a teacher because I'm not only teaching English, but I'm teaching something that is really genuinely, authentically useful. Uh, when I started teaching, I was probably teaching texts about Madonna and David Beckham. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I don't mind chatting about um, famous people with my students at all. But I think I would prefer to have the main content of my lessons being something slightly more useful for life after school. So I think how much we focus on these skills, that really depends then a little bit on the context we're in. If we are a school school teacher or an EFL teacher, but also on maybe what our learners need, I would say. That's right. Actually, there is one thing just to point out as well. It is true that obviously, um, you know, the topic of this talk and this podcast and the webinar was life skills. But of course, um, that's not to suggest for any uh, moments that really, you know, as English language teachers, I suppose, um, you know, role number one is to make sure that we're teaching the language to be able to do all of these things. So I'm not in any way suggesting that, you know, grammar and vocabulary um, are not extremely important. And, you know, as a teacher myself, I probably spend more time teaching the grammar and the vocabulary um, than maybe necessary teaching, for example, global citizenship. But I think the important message is always that the two things are not mutually exclusive. Just because you're teaching grammar and vocabulary doesn't mean that you can't uh, use the content to, you know, to send important messages to our students, to use them as a stimulus for discussion. So it's not saying that you teach life skills and therefore you don't teach grammar. That's definitely not the case. You know, we're grammar teachers, vocabulary teachers, and we're also using that grammar and vocabulary to talk about these really useful topics, I think. It's a really nice way of saying it. They're complementary, and by using that mixture, you give students a much better spread of everything that's available to them in life. There's one more question that I was really interested in, and we saw a few times yesterday as well. People were asking about, I'm not so familiar with these skills. How do I train myself? Our own knowledge, our own confidence maybe in this area. So we can become more confident in teaching or developing our learners' skills. I mean, at the end of the webinar, um, there were a list there, I think, of different sources to go to. So if there's an area that you're more interested in, whether it's social emotional learning or if it's thinking skills, 
um, you know, you can get lots more information there. And, um, you know, the, these websites, the sources that I've um, given are sources that I found really, really useful to learn more myself. Um, they're very practical. They're all teacher-based. Um, then, of course, you know, well, obviously, with the Macmillan webinar archive, you've got talks about almost every topic there, whether it's uh, social emotional learning, if it's um, thinking skills. I've done quite a few uh, webinars myself that you can look at. Um, I always think, and, um, you know, this is, uh, you, somebody might disagree with me, but as an author of course books, I always feel that the the easiest way to, you know, to, to start using these topics and these techniques is, is you know, choosing the course book wisely. And uh, certainly, um, uh, you know, in Gateway and in my latest courses, Gateway to the World, Great Thinkers, you know, really the emphasis there is that we've integrated them into the course. They're not something that you suddenly have to add on. They're not something that you have to study in depth um, before you teach them. They're simply um, very practical techniques, tips for the students, for example, uh, in terms of thinking skills. Uh, but also, you know, just the topics that I've chosen are also very, very um, concerned with the whole idea of preparing students for life after school. And also, um, uh, you know, the, something that is becoming more and more important are these sustainable development goals, uh, Gender 2030. Um, so they're topics, you know, you don't need to be an expert, for example, to um, explore the topic of climate change or uh, rising sea levels. Um, what you need to do, I think, is just check that your course book addresses these topics um, you know, in a simple, practical way. Uh, so I don't think you need to be an expert in any of these particular areas. You just need to have um, good material that works, that can um, interest your students and, and raise these topics really in the classroom. I very much agree with that because I think from my own teaching experience as well, in all those courses where different skills or approaches are embedded, as a teacher, I learned so much about all these topics, about these different skills. And I think also don't forget the teacher books because they also have a lot of tips for us and there's always a bit of background reading. So That's very right. nice, yeah. nice advice there. Yeah, certainly. Actually, most of the topics, I would say all the topics that we use nowadays uh, in a book like Gateway to the World, Great Thinkers in Spain, um, you know, they're all topics that you can then go off and explore more about. You know, one of the um, thinking routines that we use in the book is, uh, you know, think, question and explore. And uh, the great thing is that if your students are interested in these topics, get them to go outside into the real world and Google them and find out more about what they're interested in. Um, you know, so it, that's the great thing about using real world content is that students can go off and uh, explore and find out more. Lovely. And that actually brings me quite nicely to the post webinar task that we have designed for everyone. Um, if you want to get a taster of all these different topics Dave is talking about in his new book and you want to see what the readings are like and how accessible they actually are if you're not an expert, go and check out the quiz that you will find uh, uploaded as well on the website. The quiz has got little bits of reading. I think there's something about T-shirts. There's something about beef. Lots of interesting facts. And I think as teachers, there's lots that you will learn about climate, about water and about the world in general. So do go and check that out. 
Um, Dave, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. I just want to say thank you for sharing all these pearls of wisdom with us. As always, a pleasure to talk to you and to listen to you. And thank you for all the webinars this season. And I think it's time for you for a well-deserved summer break. Well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure um, doing these podcasts with you, Anna. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, certainly the idea of... um, when we had the idea of the uh, masterclasses, the idea was not just one single webinar, but it was, um, you know, three webinars that went together. And uh, yeah, I hope people have found them useful. And uh, yeah, I, as always, I just um, love being in contact with teachers and uh, certainly the participation, as you said yesterday, in the webinar was amazing. So yes, let's hope there's more of these things to come. I second that, Dave. Um, In the meanwhile, check out the Teach With Dave Facebook site if you want to stay in touch and see what's going on. And also do check out those post-session materials. Go and check out the quiz for the lovely materials. So at the end of the quiz, you find a surprise. There's a link there to the flipping books to Dave's latest series. So go and experiment with the materials. Have a look for yourself. You've got lots of time, hopefully, during summer. Um, And in the meanwhile, we want to wish you a great summer break and we hope to see you all back in the new school year. All the best. Take care. Great. Have a great summer. See you again soon.